You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back. Silver and Black today. Mo Moten, Scott Gobranson with you. We are talking Raiders football. Thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Whether you're listening to us on 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, if you are, yo, yo, 1140 The Bet, you're getting ready to throw down your cash and you're listening to us first, or you're listening to our Odyssey original podcast. Thank you so much. If you are listening to us on the podcast, do us a favor, subscribe. Don't forget when you subscribe to go into your phone. I know from the data that most of you are on an iPhone. If you're on the iPhone, go in there and set up automatic download so that every time the show comes, you just pop open your, your podcast app and, and there we are. So just do that for us. And then if you're watching the show on YouTube and participating in the chat, thank you so much. Subscribe there too and hit the notifications button. Okay, Mo, we're going to get back into talking Raiders football and some of what we need to see coming up uh, against the against the Titans this week uh, because there's there's some Raiders who I think are at some crossroads uh, and we can start with with Derek Carr but we'll get to him in a second. I want to start with a guy that's really beloved in in Raider Nation and on this show. He used to be uh, a partner of ours. Used to come on once a week when we were on Raider Nation Radio and do a segment with us, and that of course is Hunter Renfro. We, we wish him the best in recovering from the concussion, uh, of course, that he sustained at the end of the game against the Cardinals. Uh, but, but Hunter Renfro, the one thing that people aren't talking about is Hunter Renfro's propensity to lose the ball, to fumble the ball. Now, luckily, in a lot of the cases with his fumbles, they've been recovered by the Raiders. It just happened to be good bounce. Also, he's recovered a few of them himself, right? Uh, but we saw against the Cardinals in overtime two fumbles, the second one, I'm willing to give him a little more of a break on because he got hammered. He obviously got a concussion, and sometimes that happens. Uh, but what is it with Hunter Renfro and the football, Mo? Is it a, a situation where he's trying to make plays with those quick feet of his and he ends up losing focus on the ball instead? Or is it something else that you're seeing in his game when you watch the film? 
sometimes you have to know when to get down and live to play another down with the possession of the football. Now, last year, Hunter Renfro had five fumbles, which was which led all wide receivers. Think about that. He led all wide receivers with five fumbles. Now, I tweeted this on Sunday. Four of those five fumbles, the Raiders recover, so no one's mm-hmm. making a big deal of it. But how many times, if you've been watching Raider games over the past year or two, how many times have we seen Hunter Renfro fumble the ball on a on a punt return or trying to fight for more yardage, but the Raiders recover? So no one really talks about it. Like, you know, it's kind of like, oh, my gosh, he fumbles. Oh, they, they recovered it. All good. All good, right? <laughs> and then we forget about it and move on. But until he loses a fumble and it's a crucial to play in the game as it was on Sunday, then we're like, oh, he fumbled, he lost. And then you think about it, and you're like, well, he has been fumbling. Now, I'm not I'm not gonna say he's you know he's got fumbleitis, but he has been losing the he has some had some ball security issues, but again, it's been swept under the rug because the Rays have been able to recover, or he's been able to recover the football and we've moved on. But let's not ignore the fact that yes, we love Hunter Renfro and what he does, and we admire him for trying to fight for more yardage because that's what you want out of a tougher football player. But having a smaller frame and fighting for more yardage, it allows other players to come in and punch the ball. Because as you know now, players are now, defenders are now taught now to punch for the ball, if anything. If a guy's going to get a first down, you give up the first round, the next best thing to do is try to knock the ball out. And they've been successful in doing that. You saw that against the Cardinals on Sunday. And, and in this division, you cannot listen. I mean, in the NFL in general, we know this. You cannot give the ball away. Okay, The Raiders have had issues with it in the past. And so Hunter Renfro, as good as his game can be and is, the fact that he had five fumbles last season, eight in his career, think about it from the perspective of he's, he's had three-plus seasons, three seasons plus two games, right? He's had eight fumbles. Is it eight? No, it's 11. 11, sorry, total in his career so far, okay? Um, and like you said, a lot of them were recovered by the Raiders. By comparison, in almost nine years, Devontae Adams has had three fumbles in his entire career. So I know different receivers, different talent levels, but just to put it into perspective, that a wide receiver, one of the things you can't have from a slot wide receiver is, 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 is a problem controlling the ball. It's just like a running back. You can't have a running back that fumbles significant time because the job is to protect the ball. Yes, you got to gain the yards. So so he's going to have to work on it, and I think you're right. I think it's it's stop trying to do too much. Sometimes get the five yards, the extra yard, uh, and, and, and putting the ball out there is not worth it. Just get the five, go down, and get ready for another play. So we'll see how that goes. So we'll see if he improves on that. Um, it's definitely uh, something I'm sure they'll focus on and work on, and we'll see how it goes. Nobody's really talked about it, and I'm glad that we are, just so that, uh, that we can set the stage there. Um, another guy we talked yeah, about, you mentioned... Really quick. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and I just want to really quick say, we're, we're not here to beat up on Hunter Renfro and say he shouldn't fight for more yardage, but you have to pick and choose your spots at times. There you go. And yep. when it's a critical situation and you're, and you're you know, it's on a fourth down, you need, you absolutely need the first down, by all means, try to get more yardage. But sometimes it's just better to just get down, get to the next play. So you don't, as you said, so you don't give up a possession, give the ball away to the other team, and possibly put your defense in a precarious position. Yes, no question about it. Um, okay, Mo. So we look at the game coming up, and um, one of the guys too that I think will factor big in this is, is is someone that you talked about in the first segment that has really picked up his game too. I think we've seen significant improvement from several defensive backs, and, and Rocky Asin is obviously one of them. 
Um, had his best game so far against the Cardinals, and I know people are losing sight of that because a lot of people are incorrectly, in my view, blaming the defense for how that game went down. It was a team loss. Offense couldn't stay on the field. Defense was on the field too much. Uh, but when you look at Yassine and what he's been able to do, what's been the difference from what you saw? You were really, you were really not high on him coming out of training camp with good reason, but describe what you've seen that he's improved on during that time. He's been better at playing the football. And that was mm. one of my criticisms of him in the offseason is that that's why you don't see the interceptions and the pass breakups from him is because didn't play the ball a lot. And that goes to locating the football when it's in the air, turning, getting your head turned around and getting your hand in there to knock it out. And you saw it multiple times against the Cardinals. He's able to, guard his wide receiver, get his head around, get his hand on the football. It was it was kind of routine for him. So it's good to see that. Apparently, maybe they've been working on that with him. Maybe he uh, apparently he's been working on that. And the other thing is penalties. He hasn't been uh, too handsy because that was one of the things with him coming out of uh, college was that little grabby. And that's what a lot of receivers and what, what coaches tend to do with receivers like that is they put them in gloves so they can't grab. I don't know what the process has been with him at practice, but apparently that's been that's been a thing with him. Has it been too grabby? Has it been getting called for pulling on jerseys too much? Because as we all know, once the referees see a handful of jersey, they're quick to reach for that flag and throw it on the field. So <laughs> he's been a, he's been avoiding that. So he's cleaned up his technique and he's better at locating the football. And those are good things you want to see from Rocky Hassan if he's going to develop into a, a steady, consistent starter who has a lot of fo- of good football in front of him. And I'm looking forward to seeing him on Sunday in Tennessee uh, to see if he continues to develop that way and continues that upward trend. If he does for another game and and is playing well, uh, that's a great sign for the Raiders in that defense. On the offensive side of the ball, we talked about it in relation to play calling when we reviewed the game on Tuesday's show. But Josh Jacobs, you look at Josh Jacobs, how he's run the ball when he's had the opportunity. That's the caveat. Um, he's looked he's looked great. He's looked very good, uh, very fresh, very clean. Uh, he's healthy, clearly, and that helps. That's been an issue for him over his short career. But when you look at Josh Jacobs, the Raiders are running or excuse me, passing the ball 77 percent of the time. OK, uh, do you expect them in this game against the Titans to utilize Josh Jacobs? I mean, we can say they should. But do you think they will? Uh, with what they're going to be facing on the road at Nissan Stadium. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. I still think you're going to see a pass-heavy Raiders team. Uh, Khalif Farley got fried on Monday night when uh, the Titans played the Bills. So I think the Raiders and Josh McDaniels are going to look to exploit that secondary and see if they can run up the scoreboard on the Titans. But uh, like you said... Josh Jacobs has been running the ball very well when he's had opportunities. I want to see a more balanced approach because you don't want to get too predictable on offense. Yes. But Josh Josh Jacobs averaging 4.3 yards per carry on the ground, 
I said it on Tuesday show. I wanted to see more Josh Jacobs on the ground against the Cardinals when they had a lead. Now, of course, the game flow, the score, the scoreboard is going to kind of dictate what the Raiders do. So if they open up again with another big lead, I want to see more Josh Jacobs. Now, if they're playing from behind, which I don't think they will be because the Titans, again, don't have an explosive offense. I think you're going to see, you should see more balance and be able to, to attack the Titans defense because they are missing Harold Landry, their top pass rusher. They have some some injuries along that along that defensive line, so the Reds can afford to have a balance attack against the Titans. The other thing I want to break up that we haven't mentioned yet, and I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up, but the Titans have a familiar face to the Raider fans on that sideline, and Todd Downing. I've been oh. railing on Todd Downing for for months. Titans fans now have have come to realize that Todd Downing isn't the best thing since sliced bread as an offensive play caller. <laughs> and I, I think if the Raiders if the Raiders can't outscore the Titans, let's say it, it, if it's a Derrick Henry show, I, I I get it because that's what they do. But if they if Todd Downing out schemes Patrick Graham, that's a problem because Todd Downing to me is one of the bottom tier play callers in the NFL. Yeah, and 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 it will be. I mean, it'll be like a. It'll be like uh, what was the, the the nuclear power plant in Japan? It's going to be a meltdown <laughs> of epic proportions yes. in in this nation in Raider Nation if they were to lose because of that. Uh, because yes, the Downing legacy with the Raider fans <laughs> is one you don't even want to. I mean, even mentioning it on this show, you're going to see the chat explode uh, because of that. So yeah. so it's it's a great point. But when you look at this game and you look at uh, some of these guys on this roster, who's on notice in this game? I mean, who really, and I'll start with the first one, but but I want to open the question up, which is who's kind of on notice? Who better play better in this game where there's going to be real serious questions? I mean, you got to start with Derek Carr. Derek Carr's got to be more consistent. He's got to be more accurate. He's got to, as you said on the show the other day, he's got to process better, okay? He's got to process, go through the offense, and, and the different uh, looks to be able to make sure he gets the ball out faster and, and spreads it around and, and gets that offense moving again. Um, so we know he's one, but anyone else stick out to you where you're saying, boy, going in this game, you better show us something. Two guys I've mentioned earlier in the show um, that are on the injury report were one for rest and one, I believe, for a shoulder. Uh, Chandler Jones and Blau Nichols. Those two guys combined signed for contracts that are paying them combined 40 million in guarantees. So 40 million in guarantees between those two players. And you're playing against the Tennessee Titans who like to go downhill with Derrick Henry. Those two guys have to show up. Now I know Tannehill has got some mobility to him, but he's not Kyler Murray. He's not going to run 85 yards around the field to get a first down or a touchdown. So I know Patrick Graham said, well, we needed Chandler to contain Kyler Murray. You don't want to rush him because he'll make you pay for it. Okay, so now you have a less mobile quarterback, still mobile in Tannehill, but again, not a Kyler Murray level, not on Lamar Jackson level. Now we want to see Chandler Jones get after the quarterback and make more plays between him and Blau Nichols, two starters that are playing more than half the snaps, playing more than 60% of the snaps. Both those guys need to step up based on what the Raiders paid those guys. Yes. Uh, and by the way, Chandler Jones, you, you mentioned it, $17 million this year. Uh, his PFF rating, 41.4 last week, was the worst on the Raiders' defense. Um, in two games, he's had two quarterback pressures, two tackles in 78 snaps. So figure it out. That's uh, uh, in, 
that's a million dollars a game basically he's making, right? If you figure out 17 weeks um, uh, that they play 17 games. So, so he's made $2 million and he's given two quarterback pressures and two tackles. Clearly, again, and you have to link the money to it, right? Mo, this is not a rookie. This is not a third, fourth round rookie who's making uh, a little bit of money and, 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 and just needs to develop. This is a guy you brought in to do that. And Bilal Nichols, same thing. We saw a little flash here and there. Right last week, mm-hmm. uh, and then suddenly mm-hmm. it's it's been it's been radio silence. So so I agree with you now. Now I know we 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 kind of hate this designation sometimes. You and I talk about it, but is this a must win? I mean, it's only week three. You mentioned you're the guy who's half full, glass half full, uh, on Tuesday's show, mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, everybody who thinks the season's over, Scott's stats about zero and two, don't make the playoffs, doesn't matter. They can still pull out of it." And that was, I think good. It calmed down a lot of people. So thank you, uh, therapy session, Mo. Um, but you look <laughs> at that, uh, is this a must win though for this team with what's going on, new coaching staff, new systems, uh, and some new players, do they have to win? You know, usually I'm the guy that says, I don't like to hear the phrase must win game early in the season, because a lot of times it's not really a must win game is we like to call it a gotta have a game. Mm-hmm. And this is as close to a must-win game as you can get this early in the season. Because if you if you drop to 0-3 in the AFC where the Dolphins are better, I'm sure the Ravens are going to bounce back even though their, their pass defense is piss poor. I'm sure they'll bounce back. Uh, Joe Burrows deleted his Instagram, his Twitter, yes. so I'm sure the Bengals are going to be locked in and they're going to bounce back eventually. The Bills are a juggernaut. Uh, the Colts, I don't think, are going to continue to sleepwalk through the season. I think eventually they, they get right. Denver Broncos, what you know, what are they going to be? Is Russell Wilson going to finally wake up? And of course, the AFC is just a tough division. You don't want to go down 0-3 and then have to play two division rivals in week four and five before your bye week. So you don't want to go into the bye, you know, one and four, oh and five. A lot of River fans are now hoping that they go into the bye two and three because they are obviously worried about the Kansas City Chiefs who have a lot who haven't skipped a beat without Tyreek Hill. But you, you want to be at least two and three going into the bye. And if you lose this game against the Tennessee Titans on the road, then you have to face the Denver Broncos. And as I said, they even though Russell Wilson is struggling and Nathaniel Hackett looks in over his head, their defense is still pretty good. And they've still been they they're still capable of playing close games. So if your offense is is a little off, if Derek Carr is a little off in his ball placement, Denver's defense can make you pay. And of course, then you got the Chiefs. So it's tough sledding. So this is a game Mm -hmm. that, as you and I like to say, it's a gotta have a game. Gotta have it game. All right, there you go from Mo Moten, and I agree with him. All right, we're going to step aside for a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about Derek Carr, what we need to see from Derek Carr. We're also going to talk about the Tennessee Titans who got beat up in Buffalo, but we'll talk about any challenges that they may present the Raiders. You're listening to Silver and Black today. He is Mo. I am Scott. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back talking Raider football. <laughs> 